1: We are live. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. My name is Faraz Sadiq. I'm Here with Zach Rizzuto. We're going to go over buys. We're going to go over sells. It's trading season, not only for us, but it, apparently, it's trading season in the NFL. Right? Yeah. Robbie Anderson got traded during our podcast yesterday to the Cardinals, and there could be some other trades coming. All right, stay tuned for that. You know, over the over the next you know maybe week or two. Trade deadline's gonna be coming up soon. Uh you know, in the also trade deadlines, you know, right around the corner for fans as well. We only have a few more weeks to pull some trades together before the fantasy playoffs to get yourself over the hump, get yourself into the fantasy playoffs. Uh so you know, don't be complacent, right? This was a, you know relatively weak waiver wire week, right? So if you got to make some moves, you gotta do do what you gotta do, you know, trade some studs away, maybe buy some studs. Using two for ones, but we're going to go over all that today. We're going to go over a bunch of guys that were buying, a bunch of guys that were selling, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Not a whole bunch of news to go over going into Wednesday. We'll monitor those practice reports for you, um, you know, and we'll talk more about any injuries going into Week Seven. So in tomorrow's podcast, uh, when we go over our quarterback and running back rankings, but Zach, how you doing, man?
0: I'm doing good. You know, I'm. I'm hopeful for this week in fantasy football. Like you said, it's quiet on the waiver wire. So no one's really moved up or down really in any of my leagues. And it's probably the same for your guys. Um, nobody's really made any big pickups or hasn't been much of a ship. Um, you know, players that you had on by last week are back. So that feels good to get them back in the lineup. But other players are missing. It always sucks these first few weeks of buys. Um, a lot of big players missing time. But every time they come back, it's nice to have those buys behind them. And I actually, you know, can increase their value a little bit if you're talking about trades. You look at their buy, it's already behind them. That could actually make them appeal a little bit more. That's what I've been trying to do in my leagues uh, recently.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. All right, so why don't we just get right into it, man? Yeah. Let's go ahead and get right into uh, some of the buys, some of the sells. And one guy who is coming off of his buy is Amara St. Brown. Um, You know, we don't know for sure if he's going to play this week. He did say that he's feeling better, which is great to hear. Um, But I take advantage of that right now before he gets that full practice in, right? Yeah. Uh, Before we hear, like, oh, you got a full practice all right, he's good to go, right? And, you know, their first practice of the week is today on Wednesday. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you might have, you know, that practice report is going to come out relatively soon. They are in the East Coast or Central, you know, and you're going to get that uh, report, you know, probably in an hour or two, whether he's in practice or not. But he's a top six wide receiver. Yeah. Top six fantasy wide receiver rest of the season, right? There is a good chance that most Aren't viewing him that way. Like if I had to bet and I had to take a poll, and I'm gonna do that actually on my Instagram later. Yeah, is Amara St. Brown a top six fantasy wide receiver? I would say that a vast majority would say that he's not. Um I I would I would guess 50 50 on that one, and I train him, I trade for him right now, while that isn't at a hundred percent, because I have a feeling in a couple weeks. Uh, everyone is going to be viewing Amara St. Brown uh, as a top wide receiver. So if you're looking to make that playoff push, if you're chilling at five and one, four and two, and you're trying to get that championship caliber player who will take you to the promised land, I feel like Amara right now is a great buy.
0: And much like he did for you last season, you know, he was a late bloomer. You talk about fantasy production in the season, you know, he went on that tear and he carried it over into this season before going down with an injury. You, you have to take advantage of these game logs, the way it looks, you know, when you're looking at trades. His last four games have been 13 points against the Vikings where he got injured and missed some time. Then he missed week four, came back in week five, played through the injury and didn't perform very well. Week six by and now it's week seven against Dallas. You have to look at that and think nobody's really going to like that for Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, you know, he hasn't produced the way he did to open the season. It looked really good then, but even though he had that streak carryover from 2021 to 2022, people might still be leery about him because, you know, they haven't seen it for a full season. And the offense in Detroit is, it looked good. And suddenly it's it, the wheels are falling off a little bit. And they're going against Dallas. All of those things you can leverage to say, okay, give me Amon Ross St. Brown. Once he gets past Dallas, he has Miami, Green Bay, Chicago, New York, Buffalo, a bunch of high stakes matchups, a bunch of good matchups for him, you know. You don't want to just boil it down to matchups, but we've seen what he can do and the way that Jared Goff dials into Amon Ra St. Brown. So he's totally 100 percent a buy this week, especially if you could get him because his stock is as low as it's going to be this season, I think.
1: Jose is over here asking, should I trade away Cooper Cup and get back Amon Ra St. Brown and Leonard Fournette? Um, and the answer to that is yes. Like if yeah. you could if you could pull that off, you know, Amon Ra is like a poor man's cup, basically. <laughs> Right, yeah. and you know Fournette, the 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 amount that he's been used over the past two weeks, and him getting all his snaps back and his usage back, what we what we what we've seen, we we've been drafting him, you know where he was going in that third round because of what we saw over the past two weeks and that possibility, and I'm glad that he's back, you know getting that usage. So yeah, no, if you need a running back, this is a slam dunk deal right here. If you could pull it off, mostly yeah. I don't think you could pull that one off.
0: Yeah, That's but a t- listen. A lot of people love Cooper Cup and they want him on their team. Yeah, Cooper Cup, the thing is he is probably the best, you know, fantasy receiver right now. He's guaranteed he has a workload. Matthew Stafford just dials in on him every every single time they come on the field. But that's a two for one stud. You know, if you look at Cooper Cup as, you know, if every player's of what's called has a value on a scale of zero to one, you know, Cooper Cup's like a one point five. But then you also look at Leonard Fournette and I'm on, Re- I'm on Ross St. Brown. I say they're like both ones themselves too. So it's like two for 1.5. If that makes sense. We know that yeah, Cooper Cup that is a very sense. good receiver, but it's two studs for one. And like, that's going to help you in the long run.
1: Yeah. I, I like how you framed that. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Cool. Bye, I'm on Ra. Next guy I want to talk about, A.J. Brown. He and, He's the wide receiver one, the fantasy wide receiver one, that we thought he was going to be on this past first Eagles offense with Jalen Hurts jalen hurts took the next step so because of that like his value went up even higher right like he hasn't actually blown up he hasn't really blown up since week one And those blowups i feel like they're gonna come man he's fourth in wide receiver weighted opportunity and what that is is a combination of target share and air yards right and why is that important because (laughs) the further downfield that you're being targeted the more valuable those targets are um and if you're if you have a high target share in a past first offense which we haven't seen every single week right because like they went up against the cowboys tough matchup right yeah. jalen hurts had a down week um they had that game in the rain in terrible conditions that you know brought things down as well so like you had a couple of games there where the conditions aren't weren't great um, you know, nothing's ever ideal in the NFL, right? You're going to hit those non-ideal weeks. But yeah. the fact that A.J. Brown hasn't exploded yet and gave giving you that ridiculous, like, 150, you know, one-touchdown game even, two-touchdown game, that's it's going to happen. And yeah. I just want A.J. Brown on my squad right now if I'm looking for a high-end wide receiver who, you know, might not be top six, top seven, but can easily be top ten. Uh, a top 10 play every single week.
0: Right. You have to consider, you know, he is the PPR wide receiver nine right now. And he's still like, I don't know if it feels like this for you, but for me, it's, I still haven't seen him take over a game, you know, and really have his signature game in Philadelphia. I feel like that's coming as games get more consequential down the stretch, you know, they're going to start relying more on their stars to get, um, to make plays, and that's only going to benefit AJ Brown. And it's not that he's been producing badly for you either. You know, even on a down week for Jalen Hurts last week against a good Cowboys defense, he did manage to tally a touchdown on five catches. So there is no worry for me about AJ Brown. I think his ceiling is much higher than what he's been producing right, right producing right now. Um, I think that what we're seeing is just you know the Eagles' offense being good, and it it can be great. It's uh, the Eagles' offense. You know, it's great. In this it, there's a stat. Like, they're fantastic in the second quarter. They've scored the most points in the second quarter. Uh, they scored more points in the second quarter than a bunch of other teams in the NFL have total. Like, you know, um, there's a stat like that. So we're not even seeing the extent of this Eagles offense. Um, anything more, you know, is only going to help A.J. Brown. Um, we talked about A.J. Brown being a bye last week. And I think even though he did have a serviceable performance this week, um, his value is still low enough that he's a bye
1: for sure for sure so you you know you want to buy into this you know path. even even devonte smith you know what i mean like he's had yeah. he had some big games lately so he might be a little bit tougher to buy i feel like where he's at right now is kind of where his value sits um so you're not necessarily buying him low like yeah. I, I wouldn't expect to get you know devonte smith to be i expect him to be you're a rank between like you know i would expect him to be like a solid wide receiver too with upside every single week and that's kind of where he's been producing so yeah I, I'm okay buying him if, if, you know, as part of a deal package or something like that. If you're trying to round out your wide receiver core, I think just buying into this Eagles pass offense is a good idea. Even Dallas Goddard, you know, who had a down week yeah. last week, as you know. Yes. Uh, that was a little shot at Zach. Yeah, thanks. Uh,
0: Appreciate it. <laughs> I kicked,
1: kicked him while he was down. Put, put up um, a
0: four bomb for me going against Ferraz. <laughs> yeah.
1: Chris Godwin is the next guy I want to buy, man. Uh, the Bucs offensive line, you know, is not playing well right? Uh, They have over the past three weeks, the Bucks have passed the ball more than any other team. And I think Godwin, you know, his role, his targets are going to be there, right? Like he's had at least six catches over the last three games. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet. Great schedule the rest of the way. And that's not typical, you know, because usually like a team like the Bucks, a good team, usually would have a not too good of a schedule because usually good teams go up against good defenses uh good teams are matched up properly like if you don't know how the scheduling works it's like you'll play a division in the afc you'll play a division in the nfc you'll play your own division and then you'll play a couple teams who finished around you the year before right that's kind of how it works and um and yeah like this is a good time to buy chris gowan before he starts going off for you He's been looking pretty good, man, since he came back from that hamstring injury. Remember, he's also coming off the ACL, uh, so it's only going to get better from here. I-, I think Chris Godwin is somebody that you can probably buy as like a low end wide receiver too, mm-hmm. and he has wide receiver one upside. He has top twelve upside, um, which we saw a bunch of times last year. So um, uh, another one, you know, like if you lost Marquise Brown, remember this is a lot of these guys are targets for people who lost Marquise Brown. This past week, you know, Chris Godwin, AJ Brown, I lost Marquise Brown on three teams. That's (laughs) pretty rough. It's rough, man. I'm looking to you know you know purchase a purchase, not the right right, (laughs) buy one of these guys uh, (laughs) to 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 help me you know kind of uh, keep things afloat for those fantasy teams. Uh, So Chris Godwin is one of those guys I'm looking at.
0: Yeah, for us, going shopping for receivers right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to decide what, what shelf Make we're going off the, the recently injured. It's like, you know, the last chance buy shelf, you know, that you have. <laughs> you're going after <laughs> veterans like that. Um, that's pretty funny. I just think about, you know, shopping for receivers. But the thing about Chris Godwin is, you know, you're going to buy him probably, and you're not going to be upset even if he doesn't have that wide receiver one upside for you because he has a very nice floor in this offense. You know, he hasn't left any of his um, owners out to dry just yet. So there's a chance that you know his the the guys that are managing him on their team might not be that willing to give up give him up for a very low price right now because he has been producing for them solidly but you look you talk about the matchup that they have you know Carolina Baltimore Los, Los Angeles the Rams and Seattle the next 4 weeks before their week 11 bye like this is prime exploding territory for um Chris Godwin definitely 100% um you look at the matchups I don't see the Bucks having trouble on offense you know obviously they've, they've struggled a little bit in the opener but i don't see them struggling on offense these next four games I, I think chris godwin's gonna be you know his value's gonna be much more inflated um by the end of week 10 than it is right now
1: you know who's that who's that calling you zach
0: yeah yeah it's, it's tough chris working godwin. from home yeah, chris, yeah it's chris godwin. godwin right now was that a, was that a house phone? It is a house phone. Believe it or not, we still have one here working from That's home. That's cool, man. It's tough. You should yeah. just send
1: me a picture of those. I forgot what those look like.
0: I got to unplug that thing.
1: Who's <laughs> calling you on uh, on the house phone? That's hilarious, man. Right. Um. You know. You know why someone's calling you the house phone? Because you're not picking up your cell phone right now. That's, what That's it why. Is probably.
0: Yeah. No, I, I got my <laughs> cell phone on the floor next to me, so that thing doesn't vibrate and make noise. I just can't get away from it.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I love it, man. All right. So, I want to move to Jonathan Taylor here. Um. The vibes around Jonathan Taylor aren't great right now, obviously. Under production, number one. And then number two, you have uh, the injury, obviously, right? Yeah. He's still an elite talent, right, that the Colts want to base their offense around. His utilization over the first four weeks was elite. Okay, he's getting the touches. He's on the field when you need him to. He's running around on like 65% of dropbacks. That's what you want. And like, you know, seeing, you know, what's his face, getting 10 targets last week. You know what I'm saying? Like Deion Jackson, like, yeah. you know, that that's encouraging for JT because he's also running, he also is running that same type of role. Uh, Deion Jackson basically got the same role Jonathan Taylor got. Um, so Jonathan Taylor, you know, moving forward, he's one of those guys that you can buy now. And the, the deals that I've been seeing, you know, that people were in which people were able to get Jonathan Taylor. It's amazing. So I I do have some hope here where people can get Jonathan Taylor like on the cheap, um, where I think he's going to end up being a top, you know, three fantasy running back or so, um, you know, you know, going down the stretch. So if you need a running back, if you need a high end one, I'm okay doing like a two for one, you know, and, and trying to grab Jonathan Taylor. I'm cool with, you know, trading one of your top wide receivers for Jonathan Taylor, I think it's going to end up working out. And I think this Colts offense is going to find its footing. Um, you know, they looked a little bit better over the past couple of weeks, obviously more so in the past game, which they had to kind of do. Um, yeah. But I, I want to buy Jonathan Taylor right now before he starts looking like Jonathan Taylor again.
0: Yeah. I think everything is kind of working in tandem and concert to make Jonathan Taylor very easy to buy. You talk about, Poor production, you know, going into his injured stretch that we've been seeing him on. He's supposed to be back this week, right? Is that the case?
1: He's supposed to be, yeah. I mean, he practiced last week. You know, there's no word like Jonathan Taylor will play this week, but yeah. he practiced last week in a limited fashion and then they declared about it. I think they're just trying to play it safe with him, yeah. um, you know, kind of like how they did with Keenan Allen. And Keenan Allen's planning on playing this week. Jonathan Taylor's planning on playing this week, I think. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about Jonathan Taylor not playing this week.
0: Right. So you look at his stretch of games going into that injured stretch. He has seven points, 12 points, three points. Like that's enough to turn off fantasy managers and start to panic a little bit. But then he gets injured. You know, now he's missing games and he's not producing for you. He wasn't producing for you anyway when he was on the field. I think that that's a perfect buy window, like as good as you can ask for right now. I think you get him really cheap. Um, And the other thing that, if you notice, Jonathan Taylor, the way that he's trended in his first two seasons is he starts kind of slow and then he picks it up at the end of the season. Um, I open... prefer
1: that I prefer that oh, yeah. the other way around right yeah. like, look at all the guys who've been killing it earlier this year right like right. Christian Kirk um, CEH James Robinson right like would you rather them have done what they did in the first few weeks or would you rather them doing it them be doing that right now you know what right. I'm saying and it's like you know think about that for a second like it's okay that he didn't produce early you know
0: yeah well just for a little evidence here you know 2020 Jonathan Taylor opened the season. Weeks one, two, three, and four, 14 points, 19 points, 13 points, eight points. By the last four weeks of the season, weeks 14 and 17, 30 points, 19 points, 19 points, 38 points. Damn. 2021 opens the season. Weeks one, two, three, and four, 17 points, six points, eight points, 20 points. And then in a four game stretch in the middle of the season, not weeks nine to 13, 33 points, 24 points, 53 points, 19 points. Like, he comes on. Jonathan later Taylor in the had season. a
1: 53 point game last year.
0: Yes, he did. Oh I was God. on the butt end of that game. <laughs> I was so mad. I couldn't believe it because he rushed for what? Four touchdowns, was it? Yeah. Oh, four touchdowns, right. caught that's one, right. 53 points. They could not stop giving the ball and against the Bills. So I was like, that's oh, right. I'm, I'm in the clear. You know, he's playing against the Bills defense. It's a good defense. No, I remember that very clearly. And it's, it's giving me a little PTSD right now. But we're going back to what I'm talking about. He comes on later in the season. That's been the trend so far. I wouldn't bet against Jonathan Taylor. Taylor, Like you said, he is an elite talent and he's still on an offense that's going to be, you know, running through him when he gets back. Um, if you could get Jonathan Taylor now, you know, I would buy him up as in as many leagues as I can. Because chances are, like I said, his price is probably very low.
1: I love it. I love it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. Oh, I, we could talk about Justin Herbert. Part of the reason why I do want to buy Justin Herbert here um is because number one, he's been underproducing, right? Yeah. I think he's been the QB seventeen over the last four weeks. And then on top of that, he's getting Keenan Allen back as his guy. He's gonna have his full, you know, arsenal of weapons available to him. Mike Evans is healthy, Keenan Allen's gonna be healthy, Austin is gonna be healthy. He's gonna have all his guys. Um, and that's and that's how this offense is going to look and look better than this. This offense looked absolutely terrible right and just the the, the decision making all of it did not look great this past week obviously they were going up, up against a tough defense but you know we know the we know what this offense is capable of we know what Justin Herbert's capable of you're buying a stud on the cheap um and he's going to get his weapons back and uh if you need a quarterback and you're kind of struggling looking at low end quarterbacks here and there I don't want to send a stud skill player for Justin Herbert okay in a one quarterback no. league I don't want to do that but what I will do is, you know, I'll send one of my low-end guys, you know, maybe a maybe a elite handcuff for Justin Herbert plus a, a wide receiver three, something like that, you know, uh, or maybe a wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver two for Justin Herbert if I'm loaded at wide receiver, something like that, like nothing too crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, even if you're loaded at the position, it doesn't matter. Um, don't send those high-end assets for a quarterback in a single quarterback league, uh, but you know or what you can do is like maybe grab one of your uh lower end quarterbacks add a skill player to it like maybe a wide receiver 3 something like that um some sort of flex play who you know w- w- you know and that that team that you're trading to whoever has Justin Herbert can potentially use that in their flex and also take a little bit of a downgrade to their quarterback that's that's how i would play this uh whenever trading for a quarterback
0: yeah i think that makes a lot of sense with Justin Herbert you know I was a big Justin Herbert guy coming into the season. I only got him in one league and it just happens to be the league that we're in. And he really, you know, screwed me last week, but before that, you know, he's been a very serviceable starter and he's actually, had, he had two good weeks to open the season. Um, he hasn't really gotten back to that. I think a lot of that has to do, like you said, with Keenan Allen being out. Uh, I like Justin Herbert as a talent. I see the way he throws the ball. He's still very good. You know, he was a little banged up too after that chiefs game where he just got hammered all, all game, you know, <laughs> and then he threw that one dart. Well, he was in, it was just crazy, but um. Uh, he's had a couple different factors in influencing the way he's been performing. Um, I think he's as healthy as he's been this season, heading into a good matchup with Seattle this week. So I I, I would buy, you know, right now, especially if Seattle, if the Seattle game goes as we've seen Seattle games go um, recently this season between the Seahawks game with the saints, the Seahawks game with the lions has been high scoring. The Seahawks teams have either been high scoring or low scoring as we saw with the Cardinals game last week 9 to 19 was a final score. I, I I like Justin Herbert to torch the Seahawks defense. Um I think this could be his, you know, true breakout game for the season.
1: I think so. Uh just keep in mind I think the Chargers ha- have a bye if I'm not mistaken. Do you have that pulled up? Um Yeah, so
0: the bye is in week 8. Okay. And it's right Seattle after this is week 7. Yes.
1: Okay, just just keep that in mind when you're trading for Herbert, just have a backup option ready for week 8. Uh but either yeah. way, I think this is a good buy. Buy him now, um, and maybe you sell, give a quarterback up who already had their buy. You know, um, yeah. yeah. So, moving on now, I, I just want to rattle off a few names uh, who you could buy. Like we, we don't have to go in detail unless you have anything specific to talk about. Zach, among these guys, like I would still buy these guys. You know, number one, you know, Kenneth Walker. Like you know, mm-hmm. he had a good game last week. It wasn't an explosion, but he's capable of that. He showed the talent there. Right. So if, if, if we're not, if the perception of Kenneth Walker still isn't, you know, low end RB1, borderline RB1, where it should be, and he's just like an RB2 in some people's minds, I would try to trade for him right now before he ends up blowing the fuck up. Okay. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, uh, DK Metcalf and Kyle Lockett down weeks for that entire Seattle offense. I would try to buy into that offense now if I can. I think DK Metcalf is top 10. We we're just looking at that today, Zach. DK Metcalf is top ten in wide receiver weighted opportunity on right. that on an offense that's good. That means good things. Yeah. Uh, Joe Joe Mixon was on our buy list last week, and you know he he came through with a touchdown. He didn't get all the touches this week, but that offense is starting to click a little bit. So I would buy Joe Mixon as somebody who is getting a ton of touches. Chris Olave, um, you know he's coming off the concussion right now. You know, it, it, listen. Like, it doesn't matter who their quarterback is. It doesn't matter who's on the field. Chris Olave is going to get it done. If you're looking for a, a a wide receiver who has been getting it done for the most part, but has a higher ceiling, Chris Olave has that, and he could potentially blow up second half of the year. Yeah. T. Higgins, somebody that I'm looking into right now, like <laughs> trading for right now, because he's had a couple of down weeks. You know, and I think most people aren't viewing him as a top 15 wide receiver. Um, as you know, especially considering the type of questions that I've been getting around him, obviously he was banged up going into last week. So that played a role, but T Higgins is somebody I'm looking into for sure. Travis ETN, right. His role is only going to increase. Like he, we, he hasn't seen a huge increase over the last two weeks, but you know, it's very incremental. His talent is just leaping off the page. He's going to get more touches soon. Hopefully I trust Doug Peterson to do that because Doug Peterson is a smart guy. So hopefully he ends up getting ETN his touches. Christian Kirk, Ceedee Lamb, Deontay Johnson, Justin Hurt. I already talked about Justin Herbert, DeAndre Swift, and Damian Pierce. Just a few guys I'm looking to buy. Any of those names pop off, Zach? Like, are are you you have any input to any of these those guys that I just mentioned?
0: So three receivers in particular to me: DK Metcalf, Chris Olave, and Ceedee Lamb, Um, just because they've been massive. You know, target demanders. You know, they get a bunch of targets. Um, DK Metcalf because more he had a rough week last week, but the Seahawks offense still. You know, that I think that performance on Sunday against the Cardinals is enough to make people think that okay, maybe the Seahawks offense isn't that good, and that maybe they'll be more willing to part ways with DK Metcalf because of that. Um, I think that the Seahawks offense is going to be um more like we've seen it in its high scoring games and its low scoring games this season, especially with Kenneth Walker there. He's a very good running back. Um, they still have all their pieces. I don't think there's any problem with that. Chris Olave, I was actually making a few moves, and I'm really close to getting him in one league. Um, I want Chris Olave because, like you said, of that upside, and I don't think that people are, um, you know, as in touch with the value that he has just yet. Once he has one more breakout game, one more explosive game, people are going to be valuing him a lot higher. And then for CD Lamb, you know, I think we we talked about it. We showed it. We we have it somewhere that he's highest and weighted opportunity, and he's getting Dak Prescott back. And we're going to see how Dak Prescott looks. But he was getting it done for a, at least in a you know serviceable fashion with Cooper Rush, at quarterback. I think that with Dak Prescott, this could really you know be a huge second half of the season for C.D. Lamb, especially starting with the matchup against Detroit this week.
1: I agree, man, for sure. All right, let's get into some sales. And you know, of course, I'm going to have to start with Gabe Davis, right? I, this I one think hurts you me the, a little bit. You, you saw this coming, I think. <laughs> yeah. Another big play day for Gabe Davis, right? That makes two in a row for him, which is great. But Pittsburgh and Kansas City, those were two great matchups for him. But he's still only at 16% target share over these last two weeks. You know, there were, remember, don't forget, a couple weeks ago, you were like, yo, what do I do with this guy? Mm -hmm. I would take advantage right now and try to sell him, okay? Because you might be asking the same question in two weeks all right he's yeah. gonna have this blow up weeks as we've been talking about right we've been talking about potentially holding on to him because just keep me in lot every single week and if if you have them you can't move them and you don't or you don't want to move them of course keep me in lot of every week embrace the volatility however right if you could take advantage of these two weeks you know kind of what's the selling point right here here are the selling points for gabe davis like hey man great two weeks you know he's gonna kill it for you josh allen great offense right you don't mention target share right yeah. but what you will mention is the fact that hey like remember those past couple of weeks before these two weeks he wasn't healthy right mm-hmm. he, he wasn't practicing in full so that's why he wasn't doing his thing that would be the sales pitch for me. Okay. I personally don't care about that <laughs> but to somebody else I think that could make a lot of sense right yeah. so um I, I would be selling him you know in that fashion um I, I could see you know Gabe Davis having you know a handful of big games again. But um at the end of the day, like I I don't want to rely on a sub, you know, 18% target share, yeah. you know, to get it done and these big plays to get it done, it's not sustainable. So I would try to sell high on Gabe Davis when I can.
0: Yeah. Uh I hear where you're coming from. The biggest gripe is that we've been talking about this whole season, his target share. He just doesn't get that many targets. And when he does get his targets, you know, he's doing very well with them. But he's going to be very dependent on. Big plays. We know big plays. It's kind of his specialty. I think we're past the point where it's like, okay, it's a fluke. No, Gabe Davis is just good at making big plays. Um, I think that selling him high would be a good idea if you're a team that's two and four, you know, maybe three and three even, and you don't have the margin for error to have him put up four point weeks. You know, that's a good point. He might have the upside to win you your weeks, but if you're sitting at two and four, one and five, you no longer have the margin of error for that type of week from him you might want to move him for a more consistent fantasy asset and it doesn't have to be somebody that doesn't have as high of a ceiling but somebody that's going to get it done more for your week in and week out to help you make that push because he might have one big game in the next four weeks but say you lose the next three three out of the four weeks because he puts up two or three points a game you know so that's why i look at it it all comes down to how uh, your team has been doing. I think if you're a team that's doing really well, say you're four and two, five and one, even undefeated, I would maybe move for Gabe Davis, you know, because now you have you have that wiggle room where if he's going to win you some weeks single-handedly, you know, you have that margin for error. That's the way I look at Gabe Davis. And it's like a r- really tough, he's like a puzzle piece, you know, and he might not be fitting in some teams puzzles anymore, but he might fit better in other teams puzzles. I, I think that you can sell him if you're in trouble. But I would I would hold on to him if you have him if you're in the middle of the ground and I'd look to buy if you're um, a, a good team right now.
1: I think that's that's a really really great nuanced point of point that you just made because you're basically talking about roster construction, yeah. right? And you're you're saying like, okay, well, listen, if I have a bunch of studs and if I have guys who are going to get it done for me regardless, Gabe Davis in my flex is going to win me weeks, yeah, right? Um, and if he doesn't go off. I still have a good chance of winning. So if he's that piece, that's going to put you over the edge, potentially I can see you keeping him and wanting him because he could put you over the edge when it comes down to it. So that's a great point. I love it. I love it. All right, let's move on to Ramondre Stevenson. And this might be a surprise for some people because everyone knows how high I am on Ramondre Stevenson. We know how high I've been on Ramondre Stevenson coming into the year. Um, I have him on almost every team. But right now, I'm going to use him as a trade piece to get like a high end season long asset because I think the view on Ramondre overall for the rest of the season is a little higher than it should be. Um, and yeah. I think when Damian Harris comes back, even though Ramondre might be the better running back at this point, he will likely revert to a low end RB2. You know, he's going to have yeah. his RB2 weeks, he's going to have some good weeks because if he scores a touchdown, you know, and he gets 15 touches, he's going to end up, you know, being a top 15 running back. Um, but Damien Harris likely still going to get the first crack, you know, you know, with those goal line carries, I would assume so. That's what they've been doing, uh, with these two backs when Damien Harris is healthy. And I would assume that continues. Now, is there a possibility that Ramondre moves into the 1A role? I think there is a possibility there. So, Yes, you will be risking a little bit by giving up Randre here. Because he has looked good. He is the guy in the in the passing game. When Damian Harris comes back, he's going to be the guy on third downs in two-minute situations, in other passing situations on the field. Um, but as Damian Harris calling, you know, Damian Harris is calling, and he's basically saying, like, yo, like, I'm coming back. Click, right? <laughs> um, so I, I do think that. There's going to be uh, a time where you're like, all right, well, maybe I should have taken advantage of that window, you know, where Ramondre Stevenson is, you know, or Ramondre Stevenson was doing his thing and killing it. You know what I mean?
0: I don't. This thing is ringing like six times Zach, off the hook. Zach, it's Zach so, is so uh, like how Zach it's still <laughs> ringing. I don't understand. Well, but, it's um, Damian Harris. Damian Harris is calling. Yeah. You know, he's going
1: to be back soon. Uh, he might not be back this week. I think Damian Harris is going to be back. I would assume that he'll be out this week and he'll be back the following week. That's my assumption.
0: Yeah. No, I, I like Ramondre Stevenson definitely. You know, I can't believe this thing's wrong. So Ramondre. Ste- <laughs> yeah, I, I can't believe it. It's never rung that many times. Anyway, Ramondre Stevenson. Like, it might you're be. Saying, I it do... might
1: be. It might be important. Is is, yeah. is the phone in that room?
0: It is. It's in this room. Yeah. You should nah. pick up. I I want to go unplug it. That's what I'm going to go do. That's what I'm going to do. You know, from now on, you're never going to hear it again, ever. But anyway, with Ramondre Stevenson, what I was going to say. While I, I can whole, just
1: imagine you, like, at, like, as soon as like we're done with this conversation, you just run over to that thing.
0: That's what They're I'm just, going like, to gra- do.
1: You grab the hook and like,
0: bang, bang. No, just- nobody uses that phone anymore. But with, <laughs> with Ramondre Stevenson, you talk about it. I'm going to harken back to what you said um, a couple days ago. You know, when have we seen Ramondre Stevenson or have, when have we seen Bill Belichick give a running back 85% of the snaps, you know, touches, it it doesn't happen. So once Damian Harris comes back, you're right. Ramondre Stevenson is going to have his workload cut into, I think it's going to go back. Like you said, Ramondre Stevenson is going to be RB two with, I think upside, you know, I do think that he is already the RB one, the one a in the backfield. That's just me. I mean, who would you rather trade for?
1: So I think there's two things, right? Who would you, I'm, I'm sorry. Who would you rather start when both are healthy is Ramondre? because he gets the passing down work. But is he like the one A in the backfield in terms of like the number one guy getting carries, right? And then number two, is he going to be the guy getting the goal line carries, right? That's kind of like the the only difference, basically.
0: So maybe the discrepancy for me would be the fantasy 1A. Because we talk about weighted opportunity, you know, targets being worth more than touches on the ground. I think he's the fantasy 1A, definitely. Maybe not in terms of, you know, his overall role in the offense. Just talk about NFL level. But he's the fancy one. I, I think that you could sell him, especially after that really good week, because people are like vindicated. You know, maybe there's someone in your league that wanted to get Ramondre Stevenson, you know, and he, they see him put up this awesome performance. And now they're like, oh, you know, I want to buy him. And he's like, well, you can have him, you know, you, you can go trade for him and do that. Give him away now. And then if he reverts back to form, you know, it. it He's not on the team anymore, so you're good. And
1: similar to the Jeff Wilson situation that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, when we told him, when we told you to sell him when he was doing okay, yeah. um, you know, he was an RB two, and he started to not do his thing, like sooner than we thought, right? And this is not yeah. the same situation situation with Ramondre, but it's like a similar type of situation because Ramondre is more talented. He's going to be the guy on the pass on passing downs. They the Patriots really really depend on their running backs, um, you know, with. With Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers, like the maximum number of carries you're gonna see out of that team is like 25. But yeah. with the Patriots, like both running backs can combine for like 35. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or 40, right? Like they, right. if they're really up in the game, they'll like pound the rock like 20 times each. They don't care. Um, so yeah, I, I would take advantage of you know, Ramondre Stevenson is gonna be like a top five running back play this week if Damian Harris is out, but I feel like you can get, you know, some good value. Now, uh, I I saw this this pop up in, in the in the chat here. Do I sell Diogo is asking? Uh, do I sell Ramondre to get ETN? Um I, I like that, but here's my here's my issue. As of right now, Ramondre is obviously the start. You want to start him over ETN. So this week you're gonna start him over ETN. When Damien Harris is when Damien Harris comes back, I think these two are gonna be ranked pretty similarly, right? And what you're gonna be trading for is the the allure of etn taking over that backfield in jacksonville and mm-hmm. there's a chance that it never happens i i'm still buying etn but romandre is going to be a low-end rb2 to mid rb2 and so is etn etn is going to stay a low-end rb2 unless his workload goes up i would assume that it does right and you're kind yeah. of hoping that it does um but you know both these have similar value as of right now if damien assuming damien harris is back is that, is this a, like this isn't the type of deal that I'm looking for? I'm what I'm looking to do is I'm trying to get a high end asset with Ramondre right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not trying to make a, a, a lateral move like this. I'm trying to get Ramondre plus another season long asset to get, you know, an Amara St. Brown, right? To yeah. get a Joe Mixon, to get th- a Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. You
0: know what I'm saying? I think, I think in this deal, you're kind of selling Ramondre's value short. You know with the yeah. ETN, you can I, easily I you can easily get this trade done. It's not to say that you know it's it's not going to be disrespectful. You might be paying a little bit more with Ramondre than you're getting back with ETN, but it's not that bad. Where it's okay if you do this, but I think you're selling it short with Ramondre. You can package yeah. him up with another player and go shoot much higher. I think then it's kind just of Because you've talked about it, you know, ETN and Stevenson are like in very similar situations in terms of their workload and their production is going to kind of mirror each other. And in two weeks, you know, even if Ramondre's workload comes back down to earth with Damian Harris coming back, they're still going to be at the same level. You know, I think you could still get this trade done two weeks from now. And I think that's what you're talking about. So yes, I I agree. You're selling him short by doing it just for ETN right now. I I wouldn't do that. Yeah.
1: All right, let's move on uh, to Jamal Williams. You know, with Swift on his way back, uh, I, th- I just got an alert that he is practicing. So, yeah. what I want to take advantage of is Williams' elevated but unsustainable value. Right? He's had three multi-touchdown games this year, and I think that is enough to provide you with a trade piece for yeah. a season-long asset. Right? He's not like he's not. We always talking about we always talk about like the main course and the side dish Mm -hmm. that kind of makes a deal better for somebody. Jamal Williams is the side dish. He's not the main piece. Okay. But I I think he makes a pretty good side dish because the allure of Jamal Williams is that, Oh, I could start him any week as RB two. I I don't think he's an RB two. You know, I think he's like a a high end RB three. Maybe he's a a huge upside flex play. Right. Yeah. Uh, But I, I don't think his floor is very low. His floor, he's touchdown dependent. It just so happens that he has six touchdowns on the year in five games, but he's not going to be doing that all the time. And you're lucky that he was able to do it in such a condensed window, where like you have an opportunity to sell him, or at least use him in a trade to sell and to buy uh, a a legit, you know, season long asset. And that's what I would do. Uh, We also learned before the buy that he's not an every down back. You know, when Swift misses. (laughs) Greg yeah. Reynolds is playing like the DeAndre Swift light role on this offense. And Jamal Williams' real value only comes through on those goal line attempts. And that's yeah. really about it. Um, so because of that, like I'm trying to use Jamal Williams in a trade now before he has a stretch run of like three or four games without a touchdown.
0: Yeah. And I think what you have working for you, the reason you can still sell Jamal Williams, you know, this close to DeAndre Swift's return is that he did have, I think it was two of those multi-touchdown games with DeAndre Swift in the lineup, you know? So you can sell it like, oh, even though, you know, DeAndre Swift was playing, he still got two touchdowns. He could still serve as a nice flex for every week, even every two in a pinch. You know, that's what I'm kind of looking at to sell Jamal Williams. Um, You and I understand that he's not, you know, Uh, an RB2. it's not he's not someone you really want to start outside of your flex unless deandre swift is missing time um and we know that he's also not an every down handcuff because craig reynolds is there and it's weird because the other thing that's working against him is there's three running backs that they use you know even when deandre swift was playing like craig reynolds got some touches so it's like it's not ever going to be one running back over another in this backfield but I think that he's done enough, like you said, in a short span of time, that you can sell him and get a decent return.
1: I'm buying Swift. I'm selling Jamal. Another guy that we're selling, Dal Henderson. I'm selling yep. him right now. You know, he he's the de facto workhorse for the Rams right now, but it just doesn't feel permanent to me. You know, Kyron no. Williams is going to be back soon. You know, the Rams might add a running back to the mix, which I think they will. You know, and this also isn't the same like Rams offense that we're used to. Right. Yeah. Last year, Dell Henderson was very, was a great, you know, running back and uh, running uh, RB1 for almost the entire year until Akers came back because his offense was really good. Right. But now it's not the case. Uh, He only had, I think it was, yeah, 14 touches right there on the screen, 14 touches week six without acres. Um that's not gonna get it done for me, right? And, and you would have assumed that he would have gotten a big workload, but he he 71% of snaps. He had there was other running backs getting touches, right? Malcolm Brown, some other dude that I never heard of getting touches. So it's not looking great for Dell Henderson in terms of like is this going to be his backfield for the rest of the year? It could be. It could be. But I don't expect efficiency. Uh he hasn't looked like amazing this year with his touches. Um, They don't use the running backs too much in the pass game right now. Well, at least they're not using him. If they get Christian McCaffrey, they will obviously or some elite running back who is very good in the pass game. They will use them. But you know, these guys, they're just not using them at all. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think a lot of people might think they're buying Dale Henderson low and that's, you know, and I think that's a mistake. Uh, I'll be selling him instead.
0: Yeah, I would sell him too. And like you said, he had he, he was walking into what we thought was going to be really nice workload, and he only got the 14 touches like you talked about. I, I, I just – I'm not a fan of that. You know, that's not encouraging to me. And I have a different, you know, pick for the Rams to trade for. I have Kareem Hunt going to the Rams. I think that would be perfect. We know that the Rams like to move for guys, and he's in their price range. They don't have the first-round picks to throw around for a Christian yeah. McCaffrey, but a Kareem Hunt, I could totally see that happening. I think that would be perfect, you know, um, a perfect fit personally um so I, i'm not holding on to daryl henderson or hopes that he's going to be able to produce at a consistent level the rest of the season like you said even with Kyron williams come back comes back say they don't trade for anybody you know i think they're still going to be interested in making this a bit more of a committee um daryl henderson isn't someone that stands out as you know one above the rest and he hasn't been that his whole career in uh, los angeles so i i think that you can get by with daryl henderson um these next few weeks, but I don't think that he's going to be holding on. You could sell him high right now because even though he did only get 14 touches, he scored that touchdown. That's really the only reason I think you can sell it because outside of that, it was, it was a mediocre day.
1: I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. I have two penny buys, two penny stocks that I'm willing to buy. Number one, Drake London. I think you can get him super cheap right now. He is looking like the best wide receiver, you know, outside of Chris Olave right now, like he's looking like the best rookie wide receiver. He might, you know, listen, he might end up being the best rookie wide receiver if he was on a more pass heavy offense. I feel like he probably would have put some serious numbers on the board by now. Um, yeah. and I think you can buy him, you know, things can change. Atlanta might get into a game script where they got to throw the ball a ton, right? That can happen. Their defense isn't great, so mm-hmm. I, I look to look, look for that to happen. Like, all of a sudden, you're like, wait how did Drake London get 10 targets in this game? It can happen. Yeah. They've been playing in a lot of close games this year. So things can change very quickly. So Drake London is somebody that if you're looking to, you know, get a, a low end wire receiver right now, who can end up being a every week wire receiver too, for you, which he was just a few weeks ago. Cause he was scoring, he was being efficient, you know, obviously right. that wasn't sustainable based on his workload, but I can see you buying him cheap right now, and then him turning into an every week start for you moving forward. Um, Garrett Wilson is another one rookie who has the talent. You know, he's the one being favored right now over Elijah Moore. He hasn't produced over the last couple of weeks. Same thing. You're buying talent here and things can change, you know, very quickly, you know, for yeah. someone like that um, n- negative game scripts, the just defense is playing well right now, but negative game strips can happen. Um, so uh, Garrett Wilson is somebody that you can keep at the end of your bench um, and buy him like super cheap. Maybe he could be the throw in that you get, from buying a stud. You know what I mean? Um, Like, hey, hey, why don't you throw in Garrett Wilson with that type of Mm -hmm. thing? You know what I mean? I don't
0: think people are that attached to him. I think they'd be willing to do that. No, I don't think so. I think people think
1: about dropping him. So that's part of the reason. You know? Mm -hmm.
0: Um, And that's
1: pretty much all I had, man. Did you have anything else?
0: Um, Just one. And this one might be a bit out there. Um, You know, he's been riding the struggle bus recently, which I would just do a heat check with the owners of Lamar Jackson right now. You know, he's had three not-so-good games um 13 14 15 fantasy points after starting the season 20 41 39 people might be attached they might you know want that upside still but there might also be teams that are looking for not 13 14 15 points um i I would just do a heat check i'm not anticipating anything much but i think it's worth a, a look because he's it's three weeks now that he's been you know underperforming by his own standard um, and he's been turning the ball over a little bit more. the the ravens don't don't look as good as they were to begin the season. I would just see w- what the price is right now, you know, if we I'm have what if we have one more bad week, then we could be in a serious buy situation.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, one thing that was correlated to that is not having Rashad bateman, right? Yeah. not having his number one wide receiver. Hopefully, whoever you're buying from doesn't realize that. Yeah. but that's that that's hope for him to start doing his thing again, because you know, without Rashad Bateman, it, it, things become very difficult for Lamar Jackson. Like, yeah, you know, his one target, you know, Mark Andrews is going to get draped and Mark Andrews still have been, still has been able to get it done. Right. For the most part. Um, right. So this offense is impressive either way and they're going, they're going to be fine. Um, let's answer a couple of trade questions before we sign off here. Okay. Yeah. Um, Here's a question from Zach Epstein. What's up, Zach? Swift trading away Swift and Kamara, and you get back Mixon, Suttle, Sutton. I'm sorry. I like combined Sutton and
0: Waddle. And Waddle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so trading away Swift and Kamara, and you're getting back Mixon, Sutton, and Waddle.
0: Yes. What say you? I say yes.
1: I would say yes, as long as you have another good running back You right. know to back up. You know, Mixon. That because is true. it seems to me like you're trading away your two main running backs. And you might be trading them a little low here. Um, I, I like Sutton. I think he, he'll bounce back. It's a really bad offense. Waddle is going to be a wide receiver one this year. So mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. Mixon's going to be an RB1. So I'm cool with that as well. Um, Oh, Zach in the comments is saying, I have Saquon as well. So there you go. Yeah. You got Saquon and Mixon. and you got Sutton and Waddle. Go ahead. Do, do it.
0: it. Yeah. I'll do it. Yes, sir. And and that again, you know, the value matches, I think, nicely. You know, roster construction would be the only thing, but he just said he has sequence, so we're chilling.
1: Would you trade Dalvin Cook straight up from McCaffrey? Yes.
0: Yeah. Done and done. <laughs> um, let's see.
1: Philip is asking, should I trade Cooper Cup and Montgomery for Joe Mixon and AJ Brown? And this is a 10 man PPR dynasty league. Mm. Would you trade Cooper Cup and Montgomery? For Mixon and AJ Brown,
0: I think because it's dynasty, I would say yes.
1: I think I would. I mean, it, it really depends on you know. Even if it, even with a win now team, you can win with Mixon and AJ Brown. Um, yeah. I like I like moving Montgomery here. You know, Cup is an older wide receiver. How long is he going to continue to do this? This could be the last year that he ends up doing this. Maybe next year. And that's it. I'd, right? I'd
0: give him the way he's producing. I'd give him at least next year the benefit of the doubt that he's going to yeah, continue I to do well. I would say so. Well. Yeah. I would say
1: so. But AJ Brown is going to keep getting it done for you. He's still young. Uh, Mixon has a couple years. I, I would say another maybe two years left in him. I'm okay with this deal. I'm okay yeah. with this deal. But it, it depends on what the rest of your lo- roster is looking like.
0: Honestly. I think Mixon is a clear upgrade over Montgomery, and then for AJ sure. Brown is a long term replacement for Cooper Cup.
1: By the way. The Bears' head coach Matt Eberflus said that he, they're going to ride the hot hand at running back. Yeah. So if you have David Montgomery,
0: watch out. Are you sweating
1: yet? <laughs> I'll be sweating if I have Montgomery. Yeah. But if I had, listen, hit that that Bears running back like Montgomery has look, looked good too. You know what I'm saying? So like I'm not. I don't think he'll completely lose his job. Yeah. But There's a chance that you know maybe some t- the touches do end up splitting up a little bit in that backfield. Would you trade a mix in for Waddle straight up? He already has Saquon and Brees as his RB1 and RB2. Kenneth Walker as his RB3. And he has Ramondre. And his top two wide receivers are D Hop and Jacoby. Yeah, hell yeah.
0: He's yeah. With that hell type of RB room. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes, Brock. I would definitely trade Mixon and Waddle based on what you got there. Let's go with French Francesco here. Would you do Walker? Would you trade away Walker and Lamb for Cup, Zeke? and
0: Rondale. I don't think I would. No, I don't think I would either. Just because <laughs> for the for this season, you know, Kenneth Walker and CeeDee Lamb should be huge. You know, they're we're heading into, we're getting close to the second half of the season. Um, CeeDee Lamb's getting back, back, Kenneth Walker, you know, he's going to continue to do his thing. Cooper Cup is nice, but Zeke and Rondale have very minimal value in this trade, I think. I agree. I
1: agree. KXBOY is asking, would you trade Josh Jacobs straight up for Joe Mixon? I would not, but I would do the
0: opposite. All right, I, I I wouldn't. I don't think I would do this either way. <laughs> you
1: know, I, I would trade. Backs. I would trade Joe Mixon for Josh Jacobs because Josh Jacobs' role right now is bananas. His role, yeah. he's running around. He's running routes like he's never run before. He's involved yeah. in the pass game like he's never involved before.
0: That's what makes um, it not as clear of a trade for me because you said that it, he's never had this role before. It's just like, why are yeah. they using him like this now? Maybe I, I, are because you... they're just milking out his rookie contract. But it's I, possible. I it's it.
1: also the, the coaching too. Like this new coach is here. You know what I'm saying? Like he's yeah. been with the same coaching staff for a couple of years before this year. And, you know, now they're now they're, now they're they're doing their thing. Would you trade right. Chris Olave for Travis Etienne right now? Caleb's asking. No. No,
0: I wouldn't. I, I like Chris Olave a lot. Me too.
1: Would you trade Juju for Rondell Moore straight up? Who would you rather have? I think this question came up earlier. Who would you rather have the rest of the season? Rondell Moore or Juju?
0: I'm going to go with Juju. And I don't want to get too much flack for this, but Rondell Moore, he did get the targets, but his average depth of target is very low. Um, I think gonna get
1: capable of bigger plays and bigger games.
0: Yeah, 100%. The ceiling is much higher for Juju on a weekly basis.
1: All right, let's go with... I'm going to go with two more here. Um... Let's see. Would you trade Travis Etienne? Spencer's asking, would you trade Travis Etienne and T Higgins for AJ Brown?
0: Yep. That one I'd be pretty solid. I'd be pretty happy doing that. I think Higgins has been a little bit banged up. Etienne has a relative role. Like we just talked about AJ Brown being a buy. You might be paying a little bit higher for him, but I don't have a problem because AJ Brown's ceiling is very high. That's me.
1: I don't think I would do this deal. I don't think I would. I think you'll be selling Higgins a little low here. ETN has a lot of potential, right? Uh, I think his now, you know, if you're if you're if you're looking to win now, I can see doing this deal, right? If you're like two mm-hmm. and four, and you need to win, I would rather have play AJ Brown than either of these guys. Like ETN, like doesn't even have to be in your lineup, right? You know what I'm saying? He's more of a hold and play later. You can play him as a flex right now. You can play him as a low end RB two right now. Yeah. Um, But T Higgins, I think, you know, I'm buying Higgins. Like I think that his value is a little lower than usual. And I think that at the end of the year, we might be looking at Higgins and AJ Brown being very close in fantasy points per game. It is possible. That's true. So, so I I think I would rather hold on to these two guys if you can't afford it. Right. It kind of depends. All right, let's do one more and then let's get out of here. Would you trade DeAndre Hopkins for Josh Jacobs right now? Yeah, me too. Absolutely. I would would do that as well. All right. Mm -hmm. That'll do it. Appreciate you guys. Um, Thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, Please subscribe to the podcast, whether you're on Apple Podcasts whether you're on Spotify, that would mean the world to us. That helps us out a ton. If you just subscribe to the podcast, it's free. Do it. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, And we'll see you guys tomorrow for the quarterback and running back ranking show. See you later. Bye-bye.